From the Shelter at Home studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And today we're going to be talking about keeping some fitness in your life while we're under shelter at home regulations. And uh, we're chatting with Doug Kachigian, who's joining us from New York. Doug, thanks very much for taking the time to chat. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, George. And actually, I escaped New York. I was fortunate to, uh, to get out of Manhattan a couple of weeks ago, so I'm in a better place. Ooh, well, that's yeah. very good to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, Doug, tell us a little bit about your background. We've spoken before about the fitness of skiing. Yeah, so um, I'm a doctor of physical therapy in New York. Um, along with my two business partners, run a, a practice over there where we see a mix of you know general population, high-level athletes. So kind of that, that versatility allows us to, um, I think, connect a lot of dots as far as sports medicine and performance goes. And then prior to becoming a physical therapist, I was a, a pararescue man in the, in the U.S. Air Force. So basically did a search and rescue, technical rescue, and some um, you know higher-level uh, medical evacuation stuff for the for the military. So in that setting, got exposed to a lot of different outdoor disciplines like scuba diving and parachuting and mountaineering. And that's actually where I learned to ski because, um, you know, we do some some rescue on glaciers. And so the first my first time skiing was actually in the backcountry in Montana touring. And, you know, it's, it's the military. Wow. So there's <laughs> there's some structured training, but it was like, OK, yeah, skied before. Here's a here's a pack and we're going to go in the backcountry. So it's uh, quite an experience, but that's actually, like I said, where I learned to ski. And now that I'm not in the military anymore, that's one of the, um, the hobbies that I've continued to, to pursue. Well, probably the one that I like the most actually of all the things that I learned. Well, Doug, now that we're all stuck at home, uh, we're kind of in a, you know, it's, it's not like playing fair. I'm in a small community up in the mountains, 1,500 people. I can actually walk out my door and go for a hike and not see anybody. Um, living in a city with a million people in it, you know, can't go outside quite that easily. Yeah, so that's, uh, it's obviously a time to be kind of uh, adaptable. So when it comes to exercising in this situation, perfect is the enemy of good. I think that just obviously don't violate any any laws or any guidance that you've been giving from your local governments, but we'll kind of assume worst case scenario first. Like worst case scenario for our purposes here is you live in a city with a high population density and you're basically just not allowed to go outside at all and you have no access to exercise equipment within your apartment or your home. There's obviously, you know, quite a few um, different body weight movements that you can do. And even in our... Um, the manual that you know we released, the fitness manual for the PSIA, a lot of those movements actually are body weight movements. I mean, I think that probably half or even more don't require any equipment. And if they do require equipment, it might be like an exercise ball or something like that, something that could still be ordered um, even, even at this time. But when you take body weight movements, I mean, even something like a, like a lunge, for someone who's strong enough where they usually require some additional loading to get a training effect, there's ways even to manipulate traditional body weight exercises to make them more challenging. So you could, you know, for example, like if you're doing a push-up, when you're lowering yourself, you could take four to five seconds to lower yourself, pause at the bottom, and then, you know, return to the start position. So that's a way to kind of make the exercise more challenging without requiring any weight. You could do isometric stuff where, like, if you're doing a lunge, this is actually in the, the fitness manual that we released, um, you basically just 
lower yourself to the bottom of a lunge, keep your knee an inch off the ground and just hold it there. And it's actually pretty challenging um, to even get 30 seconds doing that. So again, these aren't perfect things and it's really hard to have like an ideal training regimen in this situation, but just, just do whatever you can because the reality is something is better than nothing. And we don't know how long this is going to last uh, for a lot of people, depending on where you live. So just any, any kind of movement that you can do. Um, I have a YouTube channel. If you go into YouTube and you type in um, resilient performance, you should see like a bunch of videos. There's a lot of ideas there. If you do have the ability to go outside, that's obviously, that's kind of a game changer because for a lot of people who are skiers and outdoor enthusiasts, a lot of their fitness you know, routine will comprise of things you could do outside, like running and cycling and hiking. So if you can, if you can continue to do that, you're not violating any local guidelines and you feel safe doing that. I mean, I, I think um, it's, it, there's, even for psychological reasons, it can be good to get outside. So if you can do that without compromising your, your health and your safety, I'll continue to encourage that. Um, like I'm in a place now in Massachusetts where even if I like go to the local track at the high school, I don't encounter another human being. So I feel like I'm still being responsible doing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really just depends on what do you have access to and just trying to be, be adaptable, but don't, you know, don't try to find the perfect routine. Just do, do whatever you can do because something is better than nothing. You know, it's funny. I, I can get out and go for a bike ride. I can walk up my backyard and actually ride a snowboard or skis down through some beautiful trees here. But at the same time, I actually almost feel guilty going out because I know a lot of people aren't in the same situation. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously that's a, that's a personal decision. I, I would say this, like, um, I, I'm in a place now where I'm a couple of hours. You know, I can drive to New Hampshire in a day. And some of the resorts there still allow for uphill travel as long as you're, you know, doing your part to be responsible. And so I've actually been touring two days a week, which I seldom get to do um, and getting in, you know, quite a lot, a lot of vertical feet that way. But I, I would say this, if I was still in New York City and there was somebody like you who said, I don't want to I don't want to go outside. I feel guilty because some people can't. I would say, you know, um, look, just because I, I'm bottled up inside doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy yourself. So. I think the biggest thing is you just want to make sure that you're doing your part to be responsible socially and you're not endangering other people. And I think that there are places, presumably in your backyard, where if you can do that and you're not, you know, exposing yourself to other people, I personally would have no problem with that, even if I didn't have access to what you do. I mean, I kind of look at it like, you know, you, 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 you live there for a reason and, uh, you should take advantage of, of what you have. So again, it's an individual decision, but you know, I think you should enjoy yourself and not feel guilty just because it's miserable for some people. doesn't mean that everyone should suffer. Um, we're all making some sacrifices. Like for me, yeah, I, I get to do some uphill travel, but my business is totally shut down. So I, I would obviously rather be able to work and maintain my normal lifestyle. Um, so everyone's making a sacrifice. It doesn't mean that just because you have backcountry access in your backyard, I'm sure you're making a sacrifice as well. So it's kind of a little relative. And as long as we're somewhat, I think, aware of the fact that our individual choices might have a, um, you know, kind of a collective consequence, that's an individual decision. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't think you should be miserable just because, you know, other people have no other choice but to stay totally inside. 
Now, I do think when I'm out, you better not crash or get hurt. Yeah, so that's I think that's the biggest thing, and that's why a lot of places are discouraging or even banning uphill travel and backcountry access is, is because now, you know, I don't even know, a lot of the search and rescue organizations are kind of stood down, and even if they are on alert, I mean, a lot of... Um, a lot of search and rescue providers are also EMTs and they're being kind of reclassified to helping out with the virus. So, you know, I think a lot of medical resources are limited. And if you're endangering yourself, now you're diverting resources away from people who might have the virus and are, and are truly sick. So that's, it's again, I mean, it's an individual decision and everyone's going to do their own kind of cost benefit analysis and risk analysis if they are going to go outside and do those kinds of activities. So, it's kind of like, you know, the old guideline, just use common sense. It's not always common, but I think that's what it's going to come down to because the more people who kind of violate common sense, now, you know, all the, the local government's just going to say, okay, like now we're not going to allow anybody to do uphill access or backcountry access. It kind of works at the, the lowest common denominator. If, if enough people do something stupid, then no one can no one can engage in those activities. So that's where, again, we have to be kind of uh, accountable to each other. When it comes to those kind of decisions, well, Doug, let's take this back indoors. And you know, I'm thinking of I'm living in a, a small apartment in New York City. I can't get outside. I really want to get moving. And I would think that the temptation would be there to uh, jump into something and not warm up and and really get into my exercises and maybe even overdo. Yeah. So one thing that people can do, especially if they don't have access to a lot of equipment is, you know, focus on things they might normally neglect in their routine. Mobility is one of those things that you don't really need a lot of space to do it. So like even in the, uh, the fitness manual, the warm up that we have in there, that can, that can be done anywhere. It doesn't require any equipment. So, um, basic mobility drills, stretching, like things that you probably normally wouldn't want to do. This is kind of the time to do it because there aren't a lot of alternatives. And then even when it, you can do things that are more dynamic, like um, you don't even need any equipment. You could, if you have a doorway, you could just basically take a piece of tape, put it at a level that's appropriate, and you could do hip mobility drills where you step, you know, step sideways over the tape. You could go kind of forward and backward. You can even um, set it such that you can kind of duck under it, so you're going like underneath to one side and back underneath to the other side. So like if you go to the resilient performance. Uh, youtube channel and you type in like hurdle mobility um you'll see a lot of mobility drills that are done with hurdles but you can do the same drills just by taking a piece of tape in your doorway you're basically just you know maneuvering your hip around the the tape in the doorway through various planes of motion um so i think a lot of people you know they they know the things they need to work on but oftentimes when they have more fun alternatives they kind of neglect them i think that most people especially kind of like your traditional um, middle-aged or older skier, they can all benefit from doing mobility work. And so this is a perfect time to do it because all you really need is your is your body to kind of get into different positions and work ranges of motion that you might not normally encounter in your traditional routine. Yeah, this is interesting talking with you because you're really driving home the point that I'm hearing from some other athletes that uh, are stuck at home these days. Of, this is really an opportunity to work on my weaknesses. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, like, adversity often serves as an opportunity to to work on different things. So even like when people get injured, right? Nobody wants to get injured, but 
injuries are opportunities to to work on things that you might never work on or to kind of really address your weaknesses. This is kind of the same thing. It's not, I mean, it's an injury in a different sense, but um, because, you know, we don't have a lot of options, the options that we do have, we can really, really focus in on mobility being one of those things. Um, but yeah, it just, when it comes to fitness in these type of situations, it really comes down to creativity and there's still a lot of things that you can do. Again, it's not, it's not going to be optimal, but um, again, with the right kind of creativity, you can really maintain a high level of fitness and again, work on things that you might not normally work on because, you know, you've got, you've got alternatives that might be more fun. Now, working out inside can be very, very monotonous. Um, so I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but you know, um, it just, it comes down to just taking that step and just doing something because if you obsess over how do I create the perfect workout under these really trying circumstances, it just creates more obstacles to actually taking that first step. And it's always, you know, it's like even going out on a, on a hike or a tour, it's like the hardest part is driving to that trailhead. And then once you're there and you take that first step, it's like now you're in go mode. So just try to take that first step and you'd be surprised how much you can actually get done. It's very easy for me to hop on the indoor trainer and just drone away for a couple of hours, but that's a very lateral motion. And it sounds like doing some of these exercises in your manual would actually make for much better overall fitness. Yeah. I mean, that, like if you have one of those trainers, you're lucky enough to have one. I wouldn't tell you not to do it, but at the same time, you know, I don't think most people can spend, uh, eight hours on a trainer like they can spend eight hours on a mountain actually skiing. So I think that you know, with any of this stuff, if you are a, a skier or a snowboarder, like whatever specific training that you can do, it's good to, to maintain those movement patterns. But at the same time, because a lot of us don't have access to mountains and to the snow, it is also a time to work on different things. So like if you're you know, typically used to like working on a trainer and doing side-to-side movements for your conditioning, like now might be a chance to work on your conditioning through a different plane of motion where you're doing more more linear stuff. Um, so it's not it's not bad to focus on or to actually incorporate things that you normally would do, but try to not do them at the exclusion of everything else. Uh, Doug, in conclusion, uh, anything else you'd like to say to our membership? Yeah, I'd just say um, it's a really it's a tough time for the the outdoor industry, and everyone's going through some uh, you know some some trying circumstances. So just, you know, do the best that you can to, to be safe and, you know, follow the, the guidelines so this can get over with as quickly as possible. And we can kind of get on with things, but, um, you know, definitely I have a lot of friends in the outdoor industry and kind of feel for them. We're in similar situations as far as like being you know pretty affected economically. And, I, and there are people who more importantly are having health issues with themselves and their families. So, uh, you know, if we can kind of all stick together and do what we're supposed to do, hopefully we get out of this and, get back to our normal lives and you know next time we have a conversation we're talking about uh you know more 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 fun things than we are now and one last time the name of your youtube channel as well as the fitness manual yeah so uh the youtube channel is just resilient performance and then the fitness manual is just um it's on the psi psia website and it's uh fitness for skiing and snowboarding kind of you know can't can't miss it once you go into the manual section there Doug Kachigian, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us about a very important topic. Thank you. From the Sheltered Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, for First Chair, I'm George Thomas.